0: Welcome to Aptivate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Mobile series here on Aptivate. As always, for this segment, I am your host, Maria. It is hard to believe, but it has been one year since we launched the Women's Series to celebrate Women's History Month. And this March, we'll be taking over the podcast yet again, featuring a woman in mobile each week of the month. Today, to kick off the segment, I have a terrific guest with us. Please welcome Fabiana Ayala, Growth Marketing Manager at Truebill. Welcome to the show, Fabiana.
0: Thank you so much, Maria. Very happy to be here. We are excited
1: to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about Truebill and what your role is to get us started?
0: Truebill is a personal finance app. I'm a growth marketing manager there, overseeing some of their paid social initiatives, managing channels such as TikTok, Snapchat, Reddit, Pinterest, Twitter, and now ad networks. I've been at the company for around eight months now. And we actually just got acquired by Rocket in December. So it's been pretty exciting.
1: That's incredible. Exciting times. And personal finance is, I feel like, a very popular right now. There are so many options out there. And it seems like a very exciting part of the industry, as I feel like, especially with millennials, I mean, even like Gen Z, just taking over more of their finances and kind of appealing to that generation which i think is really cool. So, you've only been there about 8 months. Were you in mobile previously or how did you end up in the personal finance space and then specifically in mobile?
0: Actually, i was working at an advertising agency before joining Truebill called Bamboo, and there i was lucky enough to have clients that did had like mobile apps, so i was helping out with initiatives of getting more users. So, I never really had experience in personal finance or like the finance space, but I'm learning a lot. And I just love how personally for me, just learning more about finance is really changing that mentality from like financial security to like financial serenity. I think Truebell does a great job of facilitating that for you and really helping you understand what your spending habits are and how you can be more empowered and live the financial life that you want. And like only through having a holistic view of where you're spending money and understanding that is incredibly powerful. And I think Truebill does a great job at that.
1: Yeah, that financial freedom that everyone talks about. (laughs) Yes. So you're managing a lot of the social channels. That has to be really exciting and probably ever-changing, managing TikTok, which is fairly like newer in terms of a lot of the portfolios that marketing managers would be managing or certain channels. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. For someone like me and thinking about my career trajectory and the things I need to do to become a better leader and just in the digital marketing space is really understanding how each channel or piece fits in the bigger puzzle. It's when you own one to two channels, it's hard to like understand the bigger picture. And it's really easy to get in the weeds of things and get very emotional with the performance, like ups and downs and stuff like that. But as you start growing in your career and start earning or like owning more channels, I think That's where you have to take a step back and really understand how each channel works together and understanding the big picture and how your portfolio is performing in general. So it's been a learning experience for me and understanding how to think like a boss and manage a portfolio of channels.
1: I do want to dive into your background a little bit because I found this really interesting, just managing social and being an active user of social. So we're interacting with ads constantly, whether on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever it might be. And to your point, making it bigger picture and not diving in, but we can put ourselves in the consumer's shoes because we're consumers ourselves. But what I thought was really interesting about your background is that you've had your own personal business and have actually utilized a lot of these channels, which has probably helped you now managing it for- a different company, maybe not your own, of course. So I want to hear a little bit more about that.
0: I came into wanting to be part of just digital marketing and just in general, because when I had started my own business, I was actually like a junior in college and it was a social entrepreneurship venture called Todosuma, where I worked with women that did crochet and other arts for a living and created a social fashion brand. So cool. Thank you. And part of it was not only designing these bikinis and dresses and sweaters. It was also learning how to sell. And that's where I started to just learn how to advertise on Facebook and Instagram, because that's the bread and butter. And yeah, and trying to use my resources, like my friends and have them post on their stories. And then just with very little budget and direction, I like understood how powerful that was. And honestly, like now looking back and like seeing how I was managing those Facebook and Instagram accounts, I honestly only spent like $300 worth of advertising in like two years. When I found that because I really never knew how much I ended up spending. I know we didn't have that much money to invest in that area, but because everything was really word of mouth. But it's how powerful it is in having to spend so little budget and like getting so much attention and from people that wanted to purchase some of our goods. So I was like, okay, there's something here. I really want to learn and know what I'm doing and what I could have done better. When I saw an opening in San Francisco for a digital marketing opportunity, I jumped to it.
1: Do you still have this side business?
0: Not at the moment unfortunately. There's so much you can do being outside Bolivia, where was where everything was being manufactured. And then with COVID hit very hard. But I do hope to continue this in the future. And especially now that I've learned so much, I really want to implement my learning and do it better. So more to come on that <laughs> later.
1: It's really impressive that you were able to start your own business and then even have a side business while you were working and had a full-time job. And I think that's something that probably comes up a lot where you hear, oh, you should have a side hustle or you should be doing this. And I really am impressed by the fact that you did this, but now you've since stopped. And how do you not deal with that pressure? Because I think there's a lot of pressure to always be doing better or doing better for yourself. I think particularly with women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and there is that sense of like, okay, I need to be doing more. I'm not doing enough. What is like your advice there coming from somebody that has taken a step back from not taking on more? And that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. What's your perspective?
0: I think what has helped me just come to peace (laughs) with like the fact that because I would love to continue doing that. It was a source of where I could be creative. And I was working with women. And I don't know, it was just something that really inspired me. And I, I felt very passionate about and coming to peace with saying like, you know what, it's just so hard to try to do what I wanted to do and create being so far from Bolivia. And it was just going to be I just put everything in like a page and just said, Okay, what is going to help me live my best life? And unfortunately, Tolosuma was going to be at that time like a very stressful thing to add on my to do list. And I was like, Okay, you can just say I won't do it now. But it's okay to put things on pause. That's what I'm, I want to say. That's okay to reshuffle your priority list and really have time to reflect and see what makes you happy. How can you still have plans and ideas and dreams? but at the same time, like know what you're capable of doing with that time that you have available in the day. And maybe work is very busy. That is a priority too. So maybe like putting more time in your work is what it calls you to do, then you should do that. So I think it's like a lot of reflecting and just meditating on what will enable you to live your best life at that moment would be my advice.
1: Yeah. And understanding that it's just a moment and it's not forever. And you can change your mind. You can decide to take on other initiatives or other projects when the timing is right. And it's okay and perfectly fine to be focused on one thing. I think that we have this mindset, especially today's day age and not even just for women, but where it's like, okay, I need to be doing multiple things or I always need to be keeping busy. Again, because of social media, we see people doing so many things and It's like, okay, how do I keep up or how do I not feel like I'm not doing anything or I'm just taking time for myself? We almost feel like when we aren't doing anything that it's time wasted, which is definitely not the case. I think it's sometimes empowering to know when you need to take that break. Exactly. Going back to you taking a break from this side hustle, this project. Right now you're managing six channels, which I believe is probably a lot. Tell me a little bit about your day-to-day, how you prioritize, what are those deal breakers, must-haves? Because I can imagine there is a lot on your plate managing all of these social channels and even some of those ad networks that you mentioned.
0: I think it's very important to just come in with a plan in place, having like maybe three things that you want to accomplish that day. And like, really, I love writing like a post-it note and and having those three things right as I start my day of things that I want to get done.
1: Big fan of to-do lists as well. (laughs) Love that.
0: Yes. And something I've also found very useful is just like putting personal, scheduling everything. I put everything on my calendar and my work and like personal life calendars are in one. I schedule personal time and I feel like that has allowed me to have a healthier work-life balance. I really do think that when you schedule things, they get done. I've also seen other people from my team do that. And I love that. I like, I love seeing that, oh, my associate has dinner with like a double date tonight. And it makes me happy for her. And of course, I'm not going to bother her at night because like, I know she's like, she has a commitment. I don't know, it makes others feel like real humans that they have their own life. And so I think that has really helped me just like having a calendar and putting everything there. I think one of like the must haves or like, in order to get myself in the right mindset and ready for work is like exercising and waking up early.
1: Yes, I'm the same way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm my best self. Once I wake up, work out, I've checked those boxes. And I just feel like, okay, I don't need to worry about that. During the day, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still working. It's like 7pm. And I really wanted to go to the gym. I don't know, it just takes that stress away. So I love doing that. And then I finish my workout with a meditation, like a 10 minute meditation session which I find very grounding and gets me in the right mindset to just start my day. And I would say like by 9am, I'm work ready with my coffee in one hand. And another thing that I would add to what I need to be able to like function correctly is like definitely a standing desk. I can't sit all day. I love being able to be comfortable and like a standing desk of some sort. So that's like a must have for me. (laughs)
1: That's great. And with work from home, I'm sure you get that flexibility. Also, what I think is very interesting is you have been traveling, right, since COVID. So you've been on the move. How have you adapted to this lifestyle where maybe each day might be a little bit unpredictable, but you still find time to do these personal activities that put you in the right mindset?
0: Yes. So we've been on the road for a little over a year now. And I think something that my fiance and I decided early on is that we would stay for at least two weeks in each place. So that would allow for us to like, be able to create a routine. Because like when you stay there for a couple of days, and it's very hard to like be able to like, create a workspace for you that you feel comfortable, gather all the books that you need to create that standing desk (laughs) type of situation and be able to like join a gym and stuff like that. It's just like, I think we've made sure to like stay long enough so that we are able to create that type of routine. And honestly, we're just very resourceful. When we don't have a gym, we work out at home. I've got some elastic bands with me all the time. So I use that. And for like the standing desk and stuff, we use boxes or- Getting creative, I like that. (laughs) Yep, I consider myself very resourceful. (laughs) So yeah, we make it work.
1: That's great. I do want to go back to what you had mentioned before, talking about putting your personal calendar in your work calendar, because I think a lot of times it's very hard to separate work and life, especially as we are working from home and that boundary becomes blurred. And it's an interesting concept you bring up, right? Because I would think, okay, I have my work calendar and then I have my personal calendar and I don't want to intertwine those two. But I loved the comment you made about one of your associates having a dinner on her calendar and you knowing that, okay, I'm going to respect that boundary. I think that is such a cool concept because the way that I would think of it, and this is how I manage my calendar. I keep my personal calendar and my work calendar separate, but I love what you mentioned about bringing that human element into it. And having that comfort level. How have you been able to foster that within your work environment?
0: I encourage people that I work with to do the same. So that I think there was a time where we all felt like if we were gonna be offline, we had to announce it to the group and just like, oh, be right back. I'm going out for coffee or like "Ah, I'm missing, I don't know, like apples for breakfast. Like I'm gonna go in for like a short trip and get some groceries and stuff like that. So Instead of doing that and feeling like you need to tell others that why you're offline, I was like, why don't you just add it on as a block on your calendar? And if I need you and you're offline and you're not responding, then I can go and see what you're up to on your calendar and like see there, oh, went grocery shopping for 30 minutes. Like it's not the end of the world. So I think it just brings another level of understanding that, especially now when we're like working from home, it's just like understanding that. Our schedules can be a bit more flexible and just allowing for that. And I think just putting things on your calendar just allows that level of visibility. And then you don't need to like state every single time that you're going to be offline for half an hour or so.
1: I like that. I'm going to start doing that now. (laughs) Love that. So you have been at Truebill for about eight months now. You've been working in mobile, not for too long, would you say like a little over two years? Yep. So pivoting into a new industry, and I don't know if this might have been the most challenging experience for you, but what has been the most challenging experience so far in your career? And like, how have you been able to take that and turn it into something positive for yourself?
0: So I think one of the most challenging experiences has been maybe like feeling ready to make a move in my career, gaining more responsibilities and ultimately getting a promotion and having to navigate a manager that. Was making it a little hard for me, taking forever to review my development plan and telling me I'm not ready without any real or solid feedback and knowing how to deal with that. It was a bit challenging for me. And I think how I turned that into a positive experience is like just learning how to be patient and maybe changing my focus away from the actual promotion, aka the destination to that growth, and enjoying the process of that. And just understanding that there's just so much that we can control, we might feel like we're ready, we might be ready, but just understanding that there might be other things that are happening that are not allowing that to happen. I honestly think that things really do happen for a reason. And I think allowing things to just flow is very important. And ultimately, I think that we need to understand our self-worth and be open and vulnerable about our frustrations, especially to our mentors. I feel like that has really helped me navigating this situation. And I ended up like getting a new job after that because I was just very real about what I, in this pursuit of trying to find answers or find something that would help me be okay with the fact that I was not moving as fast as I wanted to, I came across an opportunity of someone that was there to listen, and that saw my worth and understood my frustrations and was interested in providing the opportunity that I ultimately wanted. So I think turned out like a very positive experience after that.
1: So you were doing a lot of self-reflection during this time when you were trying to get promoted? And I have to assume this mentor was probably within your network or was it someone that you had been introduced to? Like, how did you feel comfortable reaching out to this person?
0: This person was within my network. Essentially, I really wanted to pick someone else's brain regarding what was it like for to move into like from an advertising agency to in-house and like how I was just curious to like learning how they went to like grow their career and have gained more opportunities and more responsibilities. And yeah, and with that openness in the conversation, he was actually hiring for his own company. So it came to be like, Oh, let me tell you about this company. And it sounds like you're looking for this and that. And I was like, Yes, that's exactly it. So it was a pleasant surprise. I don't think either he or I like, thought that this conversation was going to end how it did.
1: Yeah, I think leveraging your network is extremely important. And it's something that I hate the word networking, but it's necessary. And to your point, having the confidence to reach out to this person ended up transforming your career trajectory. And I think that's how we have to look at it. Like Every relationship that we make could transform where we're headed or like open new avenues and take us in a different direction. And I really love like your story here, going into a brand new industry and taking that risk. It's something that I think we all need to get comfortable doing. And I do find that for women, it is a little bit harder to feel comfortable reaching out or advocating for yourself. And I find that really impressive that you were able to do so. But I think that Early on, and in your career, it's hard to navigate that. And I know that's something that I certainly struggled with because you don't want to feel like you're constantly asking for help or that you are bothering somebody, which is definitely the mindset that I had early on in my career. If you're reaching out to someone, it's like, oh, well, they probably just think that I'm looking for a job or I'm looking to advance my career or I'm only looking out for myself. And (laughs) sometimes you have to take a step back and realize, well, yeah, I am. And that's totally fine. That's totally okay. And so for me, I feel like that's something that I've come to terms with. But I want to get your perspective on that. And what kind of advice would you give to a female early on in her career? Could be a piece of advice maybe that you've received?
0: I think it's all about your mindset. I think that's one of the most important things that you need to understand that like attitude is a choice. And that you are Able to choose how you react to different things. And I would say that it's important to understand that and really come to terms with that. It's just, okay, you are the one that, so it's all about the law of attraction. Everything starts in your mind. And with the right attitude and mindset, you are able to overcome any challenges and that you need to search within yourself. So I would just say, like, really focus or spend time trying to make your mindset the best it could be coming into like a new job opportunity and stuff like that.
1: That's important because I think a lot of times when you're starting out your career, it's likely in a position that you may not be super passionate about. And how do you stay motivated? And I love what you said about attitude. Attitude is a choice. and. I think it's so true. Like having a positive attitude, if you do have this can do attitude, people recognize that and it does make you stand out. And eventually that does lead to additional opportunities and maybe even something that you are more passionate about, especially if it's something that lights you up and you're going to be more positive about it. So I really like that.
0: I guess if I could add is that I think like with that right mindset, you can go far. It's like, you understand the big picture, you're coming into it with a positive attitude. But that mindset really does take time and experience to develop. You need those reps and you need to spend time enough time like understanding and knowing the industry trends. You need to spend time like educating yourself. It takes a lot of intensive introspection to make that right mindset come to be. So I would focus on that as they get more experience. It's like really thriving and like knowing what will it take to get to that right mindset. Yeah, for sure.
1: Thinking about like mindset, a lot of women might not know where to begin or not even women, but anyone just starting out their career, like, okay, where do I begin? How do you think like the workplace could encourage more of that? Or was there anything specifically for you that encouraged that?
0: For me, it was more of like a personal thing more than the workspace. I think that we need to keep reminding ourselves and that we shouldn't be afraid of using our own voice. We have the right to have our own point of view, our own opinion. We are allowed to disagree and we shouldn't be afraid of confrontation. We should always come with like an open heart and mind and into like this communication and If we still disagree, then it's okay to agree to disagree. I feel like we shouldn't let anyone diminish our voices because of our gender. So we should do our best to just speak loud and clear and just give less fucks about things, you know, and like how we're saying things and how we're coming across. I feel like it's just important to just say what you think. Use our voices because I feel like I've personally struggled with that. English not be my first language. I sometimes say something and I'm like, oh my God, that sounded better in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to push myself to be like, you know what? Just say it. Just say it as it comes. And if people don't understand, they will ask questions.
1: Yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect. And that is so true. It doesn't always need to be the most perfectly eloquent way to say something. But I do find that we think that all the time. How can I put this together so that I'm getting my point across and that everybody thinks that i shouldn't even say thinks that i sound intellectual or whatever it might be yeah like we can't hold back and i think a lot of times you do hold back because you want something to be perfect you want it to be exactly what you're trying to communicate and there isn't always a place for that
0: yeah and we should be okay we should be okay with that and and honestly people forget like sometimes i just finish a meeting and i'm like oh my god i could have said it better or i could have explained it this way And like, I keep thinking about that throughout the rest of the day. And I'm like, that's not good. That's not good for you personally. And then let it go. And it's probably in your head. Don't take ourselves too seriously.
1: Right. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to speak up again. This isn't the last time. And then you take it as a learning experience. Okay. I know I shouldn't be afraid to raise my hand. I shouldn't be afraid to speak my opinion. It's not most of the time there's going to be somebody that agrees with you, right? That you're going to have that person on your side supporting you and you're not going to be that outcast, which I think a lot of times we think that that might be the case. Yep. Have you had a female mentor that has helped you shift that mindset or like encourage you to speak up thinking about English being your second language? Like how have you been able to build that confidence?
0: Honestly, this came from a male mentor, but he was just like, you have such great ideas and you should just say them like during the meetings. And I think like that, in a way I feel like we should not seek outside validation, but his validation in a way, it just made me feel okay. Like I started to build on that confidence and say, okay, like I do have good ideas. So I'm going to start using my own voice to tell them and not have someone else say them for me.
1: What would you recommend as like additional resources for women? maybe you don't have right now that network or you don't have a mentor, what would you recommend as like a starting place?
0: Honestly, LinkedIn. Like if you don't really have a network, I would just go on LinkedIn and there's just so many active professionals that are always like posting and like sharing their own opinions and like their commentary on what's happening in the industry and start following them and like see who's commenting on them. And I would say like start following people and get to know their work and their opinions and try to reach out. But I think LinkedIn and joining before COVID, there were just so many different like networking opportunities where people would go there and not knowing anyone and and have a drink and talk about digital marketing and exchange numbers. And then it's funny, you keep on seeing those same people coming to other events. And that's how you start building your network, putting yourself out there and saying, I want to learn. I want to meet people. And yeah, just leaving that comfort zone and putting yourself out there, I would say.
1: Yeah, which is certainly daunting, right? It is. How was that for you when you kind of decided, okay, I'm going to build my network? I'm going to put myself out there.
0: It was hard. I think when I, like, the first step is saying, okay, this is what I want for myself. And then, second is, I remember, like, I had this, like, one in person, like, gathering of it was a marketing conference. And I was like, I don't know anyone. Like, and it's like a small group of people. Like, they might know everyone. And I was like, Oh, maybe I am too busy that day. And I need to get some other work stuff and like trying to make excuses.
1: Yeah, like, Oh, I can't go I have way too much to do. Yeah.
0: And then I was like, you know what, like, I had to like step back. And I was like, Okay, you know what, you're making excuses. Like, this is what you want. Like, you ultimately want to grow your network, you want to have more opportunities to speak up. So You need to start somewhere. And that's starting for me was like starting to go to those events and putting myself out there and saying, Hi, my name is Fabiana and I do X. And what do you do? And like it goes so much smoother after that. So it's just doing things that make you uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, which is easier said than done, of course. But no, I would agree. Like I think I talk about this all the time, but even taking on this podcast you wonder like, okay, what kind of value add do I have? Or do I have the right experience to be able to do this? And to whoever is listening, and I don't think we have that large of an audience, but you're like, okay, yeah, it's one way to put yourself out there, right? Yeah, no, for sure. As we kind of wrap up, are there additional resources that you would recommend for women or books, podcasts, anything that you found super helpful? To leave one last piece of advice for our listeners.
0: I'm a big fan of podcasts. One of my favorite all-time podcasts is How I Built This with Guy Raz. It's very inspirational. Essentially, it's Guy invites different entrepreneurs or like agents of change to talk about their journey and how they got from point A to point B, how the difficulties, the pretty, the ugly. It's just like a very open dialogue where I've heard a lot of the guests be vulnerable and like say like it wasn't easy. I mean, I did X and Y and my fiance and I want to start our own company. So listening to that is just very inspirational. So I would definitely recommend that. Gary Vaynerchuk has also really good podcast show, very entertaining and educational. It's it has everything from like, life advice of like how to organize your day better to marketing. And Gary also has a very interesting story. So I highly recommend to follow him. And lastly, I would say this podcast. Honestly, it's been ever since I got invited to become a guest. I've been listening to all the different episodes, especially the women in mobile episodes.
1: Thank you. that means a lot.
0: Yeah, it's very informative, fun to listen. And it just has also allowed me to reflect on my own journey and experience as a woman. I feel like I've always thought about my experience as being a minority like someone from Bolivia and but never really through the lenses of just being a woman. I loved I love listening to all your guests and just keep it up. I really love it.
1: Thanks. That means a lot. And you've been a, a fabulous guest to have. So thank you for joining. As we talked a lot about networking and building those relationships, is there a way that our listeners could reach out to you? What's the best way to contact you or get in touch?
0: I would say LinkedIn is a great platform. You can also shoot me an email. My personal email is a little a bit harder, but my work email is Fabiana, my first name at trubill.com. Personal email is Fabiana Ayala Hope h o p p which is my second last name at gmail.com and you can also find me on instagram if you'd like it's only fabiana ayala with an h in the end i'd love to keep this conversation going and if anyone has felt like identified or has any questions i'd be more than happy to talk to them
1: That's great. Thank you. Fabiana, it has been wonderful to have you as a guest on the show today. Thank you for joining me once again. This has been a pleasure and a great way to kick off Women's History Month. So for our listeners, today's guest is Fabiana Ayala from Truebill. We hope to see you all soon.
0: Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.